You're listening to The Sun on the Strip. I'm Brock Radke, entertainment writer for the Las Vegas Sun. And every Wednesday, I'll have an exclusive conversation with someone who is being fabulous on the Las Vegas Strip, as well as an update on what's going on in the world of entertainment here in Vegas. Thanks for listening. The show, concert, and festival announcements just keep on coming. You already heard about Justin Bieber coming to win for a very exclusive concert on July 9th. That was announced late last week. Then, after coming off the grand opening weekend celebration at Virgin Las Vegas, which included Christina Aguilera, Dead Mouse, a whole bunch of other big-name artists and celebs stopping through, the renovated resort announced an impressive roster of upcoming concerts at the theater at Virgin this week. Uh, it starts with Gary Clark Jr., Lady A, and Porter Robinson, all in the month of September. That's a pretty diverse lineup, which makes sense because that's the kind of varied music that was happening when that room was the joint at the Hard Rock Hotel. I expect we'll see some more new events happening there before September, too. Also announced this week, uh, regulars at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace, Rod Stewart and Van Morrison, have new dates. Stewart's residency returns on October 6th, while Morrison will be back at Caesars in February. And the Day in Vegas Hip Hop Festival unleashed its lineup, starring Kendrick Lamar, Tyler the Creator, Travis Scott, and many, many more for its comeback event on November 12th through the 14th at the Las Vegas Festival Grounds. That's at the north end of the Strip, right across from the Sahara. This festival made its debut in Las Vegas in 2019 and, uh, of course, took last year off. And now it's back, and it looks like a really big deal again. Let me give you a little reminder that if you want to stay on top of all these Fast and Furious Vegas Entertainment announcements, you probably need to read my Thursday column, Curtain Up, at LasVegasSun.com, which is dedicated to all the show business news coming up and going down on and off the Las Vegas Strip. A couple of interesting food tidbits to share with you this week. The Wynn Buffet is set to reopen on July 1st with uh, expanded offerings. Shame on anybody who said the Vegas Buffet was gone forever. Lots of them are coming back real strong these days. And another new restaurant has been announced at Resorts World, which opens next week on June 24th. Uh, Its steakhouse, which is called Carver Steak, won't open until December, but it's a pretty exciting take on this uh, dining genre because it comes from Carved Hospitality and its team of strip veterans. So look out for that. My conversation this week is with an absolute legend and a Las Vegas strip headliner for nearly a decade now. Carlos Santana's show at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay is unlike any other musical residency in Vegas today. It's a very loose, freewheeling explosion of Latin music, jazz, world music, rock and roll, all the different sounds you associate with Santana's long, incredible career, and it has an extra special vibe because of the smaller, kind of historic venue where it takes place. And it's coming back this summer. Santana will be resuming his House of Blues shows in August, and he's getting ready for that, as well as a huge tour with Earth, Wind, and Fire next year. It's always amazing to talk to this person. I always feel very positive after the experience, so hopefully you get those same vibes. This is my conversation from just a few days ago with the great Carlos Santana. Thank you so much for uh, carving out some time to talk to me today. 
Well, thank you, because we need to, uh, we need each other. You know, we both need to uh, spread the good news that we, we're not survivors. We're survivors is kind of, kind of getting by, getting kind of through. No, we get, we get, we're not that kind of people, you know, by great, but God's grace, we're able to withstand this, this thing that happened and come out stronger, clearer, with more certainty and confidence, not arrogance, but with more confidence that now what we have to share with people is a lot sweeter and a lot more juicy, you know, because we've been uh, replenishing. Definitely. And people need hope and courage, man. They really, really do. They, 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 they I'm grateful that they, that, you know, they come out of the house because they, they want to, they want a, a jolt. People yeah. need a jolt. Yeah. Well, you're, you're kind of already talking about it, but the first thing that I wanted to ask you is what does it mean to you to be part of the return of live entertainment in Las Vegas when you get back up to age in August? Oh, it's such a blessing and it's a golden opportunity because I have never looked at it like a job or work or anything like, like that or, or even a profession. For, for my wife and I, it's, it's always, it's always has been a way of life, you know, because, because my father and his father and his father and my son now does it. So for us, it's a way of life. And it means that, uh, like water, we are an ingredient in air that people got to have, you know? Again, mm-hmm. because it gives them hope and courage, which is something that the world needs a lot. Uh, you know, hope and courage to bring more unity, more harmony, and more believing that we can coexist as spiritual adults and have fun like kids. This is going to be your, I guess, your ninth year at the House of Blues in Las Vegas. I assume that you you didn't ever expect to. Uh, to have a show on the strip and continue it for so many years. No, you know, my first time in Las Vegas was with the Grateful Dead. We, we opened up, we, we opened up for the Grateful Dead a lot. And, and, uh, you know, at that time, hippies were not allowed at the strip either in Las Vegas or Lake Tahoe, you know? And so, so we grew up, you know, almost like adversaries, you know, with Las Vegas. And until, you know, until the situation presented itself where they offer us to, to be at the Hard Rock Cafe first, first for about a year, a year and a half, and then at the House of the Blues. And then I realized that um, the thing that I was afraid, you know, which it was Las Vegas or Broadway, that you would become uh, like a hamster, you know, going around, 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 around. And I said, no, no, you know, dissolve that fear. Look at look at uh, the House of the Blues like this, and and and. When we used to play at the Hot Rock Cafe, which is now a Virgin something, mm-hmm. right? People would say, "Hey, Santana, we came all the way from Paris or Australia or Sydney, and will you be so kind to take photographs?" There's twelve of us, twelve of us, and I'm saying, "Wait a minute, they came from Sydney, Australia, twelve of them, and they pay money for the airport, the airline, and the hotel, mm-hmm. and the tickets for the concert." Yeah, I'll take a picture with you. You know, I'll take two <laughs> pictures with you. You know. Uh, so I, I have learned to really, really be infinitely more grateful and appreciative that being in Las Vegas, by the way, they call it the ninth island from Hawaii. So I'm really, really grateful. Ten years in, in, in Las Vegas, and plus I have become 
really involved with the community, with Three Squares and a couple of other organizations to, to, to give back to the community because there's so many people in Las Vegas that they don't get the credit. I think the CBS in the morning and 60 Minutes show a whole thing about Las Vegas and not about the strip necessarily, you know, but about people around Las Vegas who I call weapons of mass compassion people because they just wake up to serve and heal or bring comfort. I mean, you know, after I hang up, I'm going to reach you again. I'm going to send you a whole bunch of uh, information institutions that Las Vegas needs to be put in the map as, mm-hmm. as like uh, places to help heal and bring comfort and, and to, to humans. You know, it's, it's really commendable. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and we should also mention that, that your shows uh, this summer uh, in Las Vegas, once again, you're going to be raising money for the Milagro Foundation and the House of Blues Music Forward Foundation. Do you want to talk a little bit about those organizations and their important missions? Yes, because of the Milagro Foundation, you know, we learn a lot. We learn a lot from the Grateful Dead about the Rex Foundation or from uh, Dave Matthews, you know. And so once we learned that we could uh, share more in, 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 a, in a way that it was ta- tax deductible so we can actually share even more, so they, they, we got in, totally got into it. So with the Milagro Foundation, we're able to be of service to American Indian reservations and bring pure, clean water. We can bring uh, books and shoes and attire for children in Africa, because if you don't have those things, they won't let you in in school. Uh, so whether it's India, Africa, American Indians, and uh, poor white children, you know, all over the place, we do this so we can do that. I mean, I learned that from the beginning in the 60s because while I was listening to Tito Puente and B.B. King, I was also had my eye on Martin Luther King and Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta and Mother Teresa. So that's what I became. I became a person who you know, plays music, but at the same time, with the same vigor and the same enthusiasm, I'm able to be a service to humanity. And that's what's really happening. Yeah, I know that you've always uh, been very thoughtful and spent a lot of time uh, making those kinds of community connections and helping out where you can. I wonder what things were like for you over the last year. How did you adjust your focus during the pandemic and, and how did you spend your time when you, you know, couldn't, couldn't be on stage and couldn't be touring? Well, thank you for asking. You know, for, for me, God gave me the kind of mind that, that I'm always creating. Like, for example, um, there's a drought in California and I suspect there's a drought in Las Vegas. The, the dam is getting uh, more dangerously low, you know? Uh, and so this is, this is how I think. Uh, I want to create seven to nine reservoirs in the in you know in Northern California uh, and here in Kauai because this Kauai rains all the time and take this water take this water for, uh, collect in nine to seven reservoirs here in Kauai take all this water pump it into tankers and stay, pretty soon we won't need gasoline tankers because the, the electric cars are around the corner you know. But those tank, those tankers, we can really cl- clean them and wash them good, and we can export water from from Hawaii to the Bay Area and to Las Vegas. You know, it's constantly, 24 hours a day. I mean, this is a this is like a seven billion project vision 
And all I need to do is just connect with the governor from, from Nevada and the governor from California. And when people say, well, who's going to pay for it? And I go, why do you ask such a stupid question? It's going to pay for itself, you know, because we need the water, right? And so if you can imagine a caravan of tankers and, 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 and trucks, instead of, instead of carrying milk or gasoline, you carry water from, from Kauai to the big tankers and then like a caravan back to the Bay Area and, and same thing in the Bay Area and fill out these reservoirs, nine of them, each reservoir the size of like three or four football fields, like the Raiders, you know? I mean, look, man, it's, it's not, it's not impossible to do what I'm saying because we did it already and we paid for it in Jerusalem. I mean, Jerusalem is kind of like from uh, almost like San Francisco or what, maybe to to Tel Aviv, you know, because Jerusalem is more inland. But when I was there in 87, they said, uh, I said, wow, you know, this desert is like, it's not a desert, it looks really green. And they said, well, you know, we, we have a lot of water uh, because we have desalinization plants, about seven of them. And guess who pay for it? I said, who? They said, you guys, Americans pay for it. And so all this water from the ocean is converted from salt to sweet water and, com- and makes electricity. But we don't have that in California. This is 1987, you know. And then you have between that, and thanks for, for listening, between that and the caravan of pure water coming from Hawaii, and people here in Hawaii make money, and we help, you know, we share it with the locals and, and, and uh and all the other rest of the islands. So, you know, there's a way to make it a win-win situation, and we can stop crying, you know, every three years, drought, and don't wash your car, and, and don't take long showers. I mean, why don't we stop that? Why don't we just fix it once and for all? Yeah? You know, man, I, I, what I learned more than anything this, during this pandemic uh, incubation is that I'm, I'm a really, really powerful steward it all nothing belongs to me man not even my guitar eventually somebody else is going to play it. somebody's going to own the house and everything you know the only thing that i take with me is my memories and, and my karma you know i mean everything belongs eventually to god you know so i'm a good steward and become a good steward i'm able to accumulate more and more ideas about how to help humanity not be so mm, predictable with being victims we we can fix this we we can do this musically speaking i know your your show uh whether it's at the house of blues or you're on the road always evolved through the years um and i know that your vegas show you had just prior to the pandemic you had just added quite a bit of material from your from your latest record uh, into that show. How do you think things are going to be different when you're back on stage in Las Vegas again in August? What kind of changes do you have planned? A uh, new intro, new middle, and a new ending. <laughs> you know, we know that people want to hear the things that they grew up in the living room with grandparents, parents, and teenagers and little kids. I, I know that, you know. And so there's a way to create a beautiful new intro, completely new, totally familiar, and a great middle, a great ending. Uh, a new CD is going to come out called Blessings and Miracles. Some of the songs, I, Rick Rubin and I, we did uh, 49 songs in, in, in uh, 10 days uh, about four, three or four years ago. And we used some of them on, on one record that, that was put out called Africa Speaks. 
But, uh, we, but we got some of them put, coming out in this new album, Blessings and Miracles. We got uh, Stevie Winwood singing White as Shade of Pale with me, and it's very sexy because we put the Wajira thing on it, you know. I mean, when you hear White as Shade of Pale, you recognize the melody, but it's a whole new uh, dress in it, a, a whole new rhythm, which is very, very Wajira sexy, I mean, ultra sexy. And then we have Kirk Hammett uh, and Mark you know, Osegera, um, Kirk Hammett playing guitar on a song called America for Sale, selling it by town. America for Sale, nothing is holy ground. Uh, we have Rob Thomas, we have a, a single coming out called Move. Um, it's very hot. And we have this incredible singer uh, named uh, Ali, Ali Brooke. Uh, and, and, and she sings this song. So it's it's kind of like a hand, anthem for anti-suicide, you know, because a lot of people are suiciding still every day under 20, under 27, you know. So I'm conscious to create music. Uh, we co-joined with Diane Warren because it's important to get back in the radio. And we, so, so there's like 14 songs and, and, um, and it's very vibrant, you know, it's a very vibrant album for being 73 years old. This stuff is kicking some serious booty, man, with, with energy, you know. <laughs> and, and I just feel really grateful and, and happy that we're relevant. I'm 73 years old, and the energy is, like, better than ever because I've been exercising and eating good and resting. And so we're ready to come out and, and share with people some really, really juicy notes. Also very exciting, uh, getting into next year, you've got a big tour coming up with Earth, Wind, and Fire, which is an incredible combination. What is your relationship like with their music? And have you toured with those guys before? We toured with them in 1975 in Europe because they never had done, they hadn't done Europe, so they opened up for us in, in Europe. And it was so incredible, man. Uh, I love their music. I love their spirit. I love their aim and their purpose. And we're going to do it again. We haven't done it since 1975. Um, and, and we look forward to it, just uh, giving people uh, these three words are really important. They, they constantly hover around in, in, in my uh, circumference. In, ingredients, nutrients, and components. The component, nutrients, and ingredients. Earth, Wind, and Fire in Santana, we have the ingredients, nutrients, and components to elevate people beyond and beyond their lives into a place where it's pretty much like a, a spiritual a uh, revival, uh, a coherence, progress, uh, kind of like, kind of like a beyond Woodstock, you know, uh, with that kind of aim, uh, because Woodstock is still the mother of all the festivals when it comes to like, you know, good vibes, good, great vibrations, peace, love, and, you know, that stuff doesn't get old because, like, for example, one thing that never gets old ever is purity and innocence, you know, and that's what the, the original hippies uh, believe in, you know, uh, we, like, like the doors, we want to change the world, you know, like the Young Bloods or Sly Stone or John Lennon or Bob Marley, you know, we still believe in changing the consciousness of this planet, you know, some people become complacent or arrogant or cynical, that's not us, that'll never be us, you know, we still feel uh, the, uh, with enthusiasm and we believe in purity and innocence it's something that you don't misplace or lose ever, you know. So that that's what happens when you see Earth, Wind, and Fire in Santana. They're gonna make you dance. 
You're going to laugh and cry and dance at the same time. I guarantee it. That's all I got this week. Thank you for listening. Special thanks, of course, to Carlos Santana and his team for making this week's interview happen. We can't wait to have him back in Las Vegas this summer. You can keep up with everything I'm working on at LasVegasSun.com, and you can find past episodes of The Sun on the Strip there as well at LasVegasSun.com slash podcast. Take care, and I'll be here next Wednesday. Thanks again. Thanks again.